0: I think I know now
1: Happiness Isn't in The having It's in just being
0: It's in just saying it Why does this sound like a goodbye? Because it is Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast Join John
1: and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. One Broken Cock Podcast, Brian Olson here, and we have officially arrived at episode 100. We started July of last year, and here we are in May 2021 at episode 100. It's been an incredible journey. And who better to have on this milestone episode than our most popular guest? I mean, she's generated the most buzz, the most comments, and downloads, and she is the incomparable Sloan. Now, for those of you who are new to the show, sloan is a former business attorney turned master business and lifestyle consultant she successfully scaled her boutique law firm in santa monica to over 400 clients all while traveling the world now having been behind the scenes of hundreds of businesses she's had a unique vantage point to catch blind spots in operations profitability and her clients mindset around it all after coaching hundreds of clients to help them through their toughest business challenges sloan sold her near seven figure firm to pursue her true calling Now as a visionary business and lifestyle consultant, Sloan educates and inspires ambitious women from around the globe who are ready to expand beyond conventional possibilities to live and play full out. Sloan, welcome back. Brian,
0: thank you so much for having me and congratulations on 100 episodes. It's so fantastic.
1: You know, I'll tell you, after you came on, the flood of women that have wanted to come on the show has been unbelievable. I was surprised myself by this
0: the flood of women what did they propose or what was the desire to come on
1: i don't know i just i just have this feeling i can't connect the dots but i have a feeling that you just open up the floodgates you were the first and then they all followed your lead you know so you're you're kind of an innovator and a trailblazer in that regard
0: <laughs> well we had a juicy conversation that i'm excited to have part 2
1: yeah for sure so what have you been up to since the last time we spoke what's new in your world You know i just
0: finished an online retreat it was my first ever retreat online and that was a really special experience where you know we had to shift some things from in person but i loved the experience because i was able to have a lot more women there than i normally would at an in-person retreat and that was fantastic and traveling a little bit more things feel like opening up and just feeling really great
1: no it's good i'm glad to hear it What do you think of these women that join the retreat? What's their initial issue they're trying to overcome? Is there like a common struggle or does it really depend on the person?
0: Well, the focus of the retreat we just finished was scaling with ease. So for women who are scaling beyond seven figures in their business. And when I say beyond seven figures, I mean financially, but also really focused on scaling while you feel good, enjoying your life, having pleasure, having kind of it all. Including the money. Um, and that was the thing that brought us all together. And then the focus of the retreat is at this point, when you're scaling your business, you know, when you're beyond just getting started and figuring out the initial stuff, the scaling process becomes 90% about who you're being and really only 10% about strategy. And so we were looking at this who do you have to become to scale with ease? along with business, some business strategies and more, but the real focus is on you rather than just how to in business.
1: So it's kind of 50% about business and 50% about them.
0: Yeah. And the, the way that we structured the retreat that I loved was we're talking about the five core beliefs that truly successful and fulfilled people embody and have for themselves. And we were using illustrations and examples in business. So we're all business women growing our companies and we can relate to the stories and the details about business but really what you experience in your business is just an effect of who you're being and how you're showing up and i like to say it's like the business is probably one of the greatest mirrors that we could ever ask for in life so the things that you think are phenomenal and working so well and you're juiced up about and then the things that are your real struggles and challenges all of it, if you allow it, is just reflecting back to you how you're showing up in your life and in your business. And what that means is, is that you have the power to change it at any moment. So it's a really exciting tool to use your business and shift yourself in service of what you really want in your life and your business.
1: No, That's great. That's great. Why do you think so many women struggle in business in a leadership capacity?
0: Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, when you say in a leadership capacity, can you tell me what you mean by that?
1: Sure. You know, like a woman that goes out and starts her own business, like an entrepreneur or a woman who's in an executive position. You know, a lot of times you see them struggling on the job, but also outside in relationships as well. It's very tough to balance. You know, there's always sacrifice. You know, when you do something, it's very tough to serve two masters, split your time. And you wonder if these women are trying to over compensate for something if they're trying to rebel against the status quo or maybe it's just in them and they've been held back for so many years i'd love to hear from your perspective given the fact that you live in that world
0: wow okay well there's a lot wrapped up in what you just said so let me take a couple steps back and then maybe we can circle into what you were just saying why do a lot of women struggle in business one thing that i see really consistently is that women especially successful women but women generally we have kind of taken a structure in business that was built by men and i've already told you i love men so this isn't about them in particular it's just to say success in business and the model of how you create success was originally created and has been mostly continued by men up until kind of our current time and most of us women we kind of were like okay i see that model i see what men are doing to get successful so i'm going to do the same thing and reach success now the only problem with this is that we as women have diffuse awareness which means one of our gifts is to focus on a lot of different things at once where men have a gift that is a single pointed focus and i'm generalizing so this you know but it's generally for men and women men in their single pointed focus are really good at focusing on one thing until they're wanting to focus on something else so when we take the structure of the traditional way to create success in business and then apply the woman's gift of being able to focus on a bunch of different things at once what ends up happening is a lot of women are focusing on 50 different things and trying to do all the things well and check all the boxes and get it all done and it's like they end up depleted and really there's like nothing left for themselves and even more importantly they're not using their true gifts in business in fact some of the gifts that we have are kind of demonized in business like emotions so for a woman to have control of her own emotions and use them powerfully let's say someone makes you really angry and one of your team members And to be able to articulate that with force, not out of control and whatever, but to say the truth of what you did made me really angry. And I just wanna let you know that's how I'm feeling right now. There's actually a lot of power in that, but we've been taught as women that showing your emotions, especially in business, are either crazy or it's you're being a bitch or something else that you need to act more like a man. Not that that's said, but that's the implicit piece. So we're trying to fit who we are and our nature into a structure that wasn't necessarily created for um, our gifts to be used. And what I'm really guiding women in and what I'm proposing here is that we as women really start to look at what are our gifts? What's the way that I wanna do business that feels good to me? And in that we step into a whole new level of power and success and feeling good. And really everybody elevates from that because when men and women and we're all at our best, we're elevating each other in the process.
1: No, absolutely. And I think the reason I asked the question is that people have said that the general consensus is that women tend to be more emotional and you know, they tend to hold grudges. So they make decisions based on emotion and not logic. Obviously, that's not saying all women do this. I'm not saying that's my position, but that is the consensus of most people. And I think even women agree to some extent about that fact. I know you're helping women work on that, but I think that's, that could be a reason why they struggle. And also maybe the reason why sometimes they don't command the respect of their subordinates, right? And there could be an issue there as well. But um,
0: Well, can no. I say something about
1: that? Sure, Absolutely.
0: Imagine that a woman and her emotions. So women generally have a really wide range of emotions. Okay. The highs and the lows, and imagine if you're kind of taught implicitly or explicitly in your life, that that's bad, that that's wrong, that it makes people around you feel uncomfortable, that it's crazy. It's almost like you have something that's actually really special and a gift that is just withering off to the side and when instead if we shift that paradigm of what you were just saying into wait this is a massive gift and i need to learn about it instead of making it wrong or saying that's what causes our problems or even making decisions emotionally making decisions based on your emotion in a healthy place for a woman is actually a really powerful place to make choices. But the only thing that we've seen—I mean, we, a lot of what we've seen—and I think what you're referring to, Brian, is maybe more from an unhealthy place or like an out-of-control place that just continues kind of to demonize women in a way that we are, when actually our emotions and all the ways that we can use them are a really beautiful thing about us.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, you know, women are from what men are from mars women are from venus right yeah <laughs> we're different for a reason and you know obviously you want to embrace you know your femininity just like a male wants to embrace her masculinity And i think it comes down to mindset too right knowing where our weaknesses are and working on them so we understand what we need to improve upon and i mean at the end of the day you're, you're right i mean we are taught certain things growing up everybody's raised a certain way could be religious political you know structure wise whatever it may be but we're all wired a certain way you know our brains are all wired to do certain things and to react certain ways and to think certain ways. And if we go against that, that could cause long-term damage. You know, I've been learning li- lately, which is very, very interesting. So what do you think? I mean, women in leadership positions, I need you work with them exclusively. There's a lot of stress involved, you know, because there is the work-life balance, a lot of pressure on these women. They have to perform in the office. Obviously, they're looked at at home as far as, you know, if they have a significant other, if they're raising a family, it's very, very difficult to balance those things how do these women balance and how do you recommend removing stress from their life because i can only imagine the amount of stress that they're under
0: yeah there's a lot and you know i work with a lot of women also who are the main ones or the only ones responsible for bringing in income into their families you know and and all the things that women take on and i think the biggest piece of this is at some point there's a shift and some people are raised with this and some people aren't. So you have to see where you fall in the spectrum, but at some point there's a shift and you have to make a decision. I'm going to focus on what's most important to me and let everybody around me have their reaction. Because in the end, when you're trying to please other people or you're saying yes to lunch because you feel like you should, and you're over here trying to, you know, put in 100% because you think that's the most important thing with your boss or, you know, your main client or whatever that's beyond what you need to do. When you're taking action that's to have the approval of other people, you're never going to have enough left for yourself. And so a lot of the work that we do is around what is your real priority? And for me, it's my family and my daughter. It's taking care of myself and having a great relationship with myself. It's building my business and growth and it's having fun and really enjoying my life. And so if I structure my whole life around those things as the priority and then let sometimes other things have to wait or just get pushed off completely or let people feel disappointed with my choice not to just respond immediately to their email or to their phone call or whatever it is, it's like i'm living my life for me instead of for other people
1: right no no true true now on that note speaking about relationships last time we spoke we talked about the fact that you did change your name right we talked about why that happened and the process around it i have to ask you if you were to meet that special someone would you take on their last name
0: that's an interesting question why are you asking that i'm curious
1: well I mean, life's all about decisions and sacrifice, right? I just wanted to get your view on that.
0: So you feel like would I sacrifice for this person or you're just curious? Well, maybe it's not a
1: sacrifice. Maybe for you it's not. I don't know. That's why I'm asking.
0: You know, I don't know the answer to that. The best thing I could say is I do love that I have one name. And also, I don't really plan out like how the future has to look. So I think if that was really important to my partner, I would consider it a different way than if it wasn't. And I already changed my name in the past, actually, when I got married. And so I feel like I've had that life experience, I don't feel compelled to do it. But that's probably the best answer I have for you.
1: Well, you can't blame future suitors for the sins of their predecessors, right? That's like saying, hey, I dated a blonde and she did this to me. So I'm sorry, Sloan. It's, uh, you know, I'm going to judge you based on my uh, past experiences.
0: Well, I didn't necessarily mean that it was negative. I'm just saying, actually, I already had that life experience. So that doesn't feel really important to me. But um, what if it's
1: important to your partner?
0: You know, I like to think anything that was important to my partner, I would really consider. And have a conversation about why and what that meant to the person. And
1: well, I mean, it's tradition, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is that really important to a lot of men
1: now? Well, I mean, it's, to me, it's very unique. I've never seen this before. That's why I ask.
0: Oh, you mean with me, my name? Well, I was asking, is it important to men that you know of to have a woman change her name seems very old fashioned.
1: Everybody I know does it. I mean, I don't think people think about it. They just do it. I mean. I don't know yeah. anybody who doesn't. To me, that'd be a red flag. If I was to propose to somebody, it's kind of like, well, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll say yes, but I'm not really going to change the name. That, that's a red flag to me. That's not like all in commitment, right? I mean, people don't fail due to lack of desire. They fail due to lack of commitment. And to me, it's a commitment, right? That's a commitment.
0: Yeah, that is a commitment. You know, I've, I've had lots of girlfriends from various cultures families from different places around the world and it's actually quite common with a lot of people to not change your name as a woman so maybe that's a tradition here and a tradition with a lot of people you know and also in a broader perspective i think there's a lot of different views about it
1: where are those people from
0: um let's see i think the middle east europe
1: Middle East. Now I know for sure they changed the name there.
0: Mm, I don't know. We're going to have to look into this.
1: Yeah. And then they have to wear a head wrap. They can not go out in public, right? All those great benefits of marriage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm definitely not wearing a head wrap. And um, I think that might be a more of a religious piece. But anyway, I that's not my religion. And I'll have to let you know what I decide about changing my name. But I love having one name. I'll tell yeah, you no, that. I
1: just ask because some people, like you say, it's all about priorities, right? Is love the most important thing? Is career the most important thing? And things change, like you say. You could meet that person that disrupts your entire plan. You know, you want to hear God laugh. Tell him your plans, right? Plans change. I mean, nobody, nobody planned on living at home during a pandemic for all these, you know, months that we've been doing this. So it's you know you never know, it it's could be maybe today you're not willing to do it, and maybe you meet somebody and you are, who knows, right?
0: Well, I like to not say I'll never do something because I've found in my life when I say that, then it ends up being a lot of times that I do. But other than that, I'm living my life more than ever and in a really deep way in the moment. So I plan, I vision, I think about what I'd love to have happen. And also, I really am living from this place of like, this or something better. Let me see what I can co-create with life. Let me see what comes in and what comes up and making my decisions from the, the now moment instead of trying to plan it all out in advance and figure it all out. And those are things that I used to do a lot. And not only did it kind of give me heartache from the expectations, but as you know, it's like life never actually turns out the way that we plan it. And so I've been practicing for these past couple years, really just living in now and feeling good, doing the best I can, having the greatest impact I can, living life fully now.
1: And what, what makes you feel good? What's, your, what's the reason you wake up in the morning? What really makes you happy?
0: Being a great mom, that's hugely important to me and really like being the best mom that I can possibly be, which is always a work in progress and I love it making the biggest impact that I can. So my two well, I would say three foundational core beliefs, or like the focus of my life, are love, making a contribution, and commitment to personal growth. And so any ways that I'm participating in those things in my life are really powerful things that resonate with me as a human. And I think my business, I mean, I don't really care if I'm remembered or if anybody even really knows my name. I think of it more as like every time that I can help someone to shift their perspective or to really elevate and step into what they know is possible in their lives or have a conversation that inspires them or whatever it is. It's like I touch my finger on the pond that causes a ripple effect. And and the exciting thing about that is that can go on forever it's like i don't even know the end effect of that all i do know is that i'm doing what i'm meant to do here on this planet and that feels really good
1: that's great that's great i know you're very passionate about and speak frequently on pleasure in business definitely want to understand what that is what it means to you i would love to to get your perspective on this
0: yes i love this topic i'm so glad you brought it up we as women are meant to be living in pleasure and you know i consider myself a pleasure seeker honestly (laughs) so my life before the last time i was here i shared some of my personal life story but i would say my life before was really focused on external pleasures and i've experienced a lot of different things in the world and anything from Tantric massage to jumping off a bridge over the Zambezi River and maybe like everything in between But it was kind of this like always looking for the next pleasure and it was really outward focus so outside of me focused pleasure and When I made the decision to change my life in a pretty dramatic way a couple years ago I came to this moment where I was really on my own and I had consciously and on purpose paused all of my life experiences and my relationships so i didn't have this stimulus of pleasure going on and i really started to ask myself what is pleasure and i was working with mentors and exploring that and looking at what is pleasure if i create it from within and then enjoying myself feeling good there's also sexual pleasure there's you know the whole spectrum of pleasure is much broader than what we think of traditionally when I say the word pleasure and then it really turned into what is pleasure in business and for me that means first of all really enjoying what you do loving what you do and and like each piece that you're adding this online retreat that I just did it was like were there times where it was challenging or I got stumped or yes, of course, but I was loving creating it for the woman who was to receive this thing, this experience. And then there's also this idea that when you're in your pleasure in business and when you're really enjoying yourself and cultivating your pleasure, both in your personal life or in your business, that you're fanning this flame inside of you that is also actually connected to your creativity. So let me give an example. Okay. A lot of women, they want to be creating great things in their, in their lives and in their businesses, but they're running around in their life working so hard, doing all the things, thinking, 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 and they become, and I'm saying this from personal experience because I've, I've done this, becoming like a, kind of a head operating with a body hanging off of it, really out of touch with the body. It's almost impossible from that place to access your full creativity. When you're not in touch with your body, when you're not feeling pleasure, when you're not feeling good, you can't be at the height of your creativity. So therefore, you can't be at the height of your impact. You can't be at the height of your financial success and the things that you really want in life. And so a lot of times women think like, and maybe men too, but are thinking like, okay, well, I need a new strategy. I need to do some more, work harder, do this other thing. When actually what's what's being called, what's being asked is to slow down and to get back in touch with your body and to really feel what's happening as a starting place to start feeling good in everything that you're doing. And then you start to create from a whole new place in your life and your business. And you really start to step into your full impact.
1: Nice. So any uh, advice for women out there to kickstart this process of feeling pleasure in their business, anything you would have them do?
0: I think maybe the most basic thing is start taking notice of what in your business makes you feel good. And start taking notice of who and what don't, because it's a really bold move to create a life you love passionately or to live from this place of pleasure and and say that that is of fundamental importance to you, because it takes guts to say, you know, I have this really great client, but I feel bad every time I talk to him. I don't want to work on those conditions anymore. I don't want to work with this person. It's not worth it. Or any of the, you know, this this line of business that I have that's doing really well, but I'm not enjoying it. And either I need to extricate myself or sell it or whatever the next step is. That's bold. So even becoming aware of what those things are is step number one. And then really choosing for yourself, from what place do you want to live? what is most important to you? Is it doing all the things and looking a certain way and making the money? Or is it really about how you wanna feel and living in the belief that when you're feeling good and you're at your best, that everyone around you is better off for it. And if you choose to live from that place, is when life really flourishes.
1: Now, I know you have five core beliefs and we've talked about this a little bit, you and I, maybe you want to focus on just one or or two of them, but would love to hone in on some of those core beliefs and maybe explain a little bit about why they are your core beliefs and what they mean to you. Okay. Well, we
0: have already been exploring one without directly referring to it, which is pleasure is the fire to supercharge your greatness. And the idea is it is impossible to be in your greatness when you're not in your pleasure as a woman we are meant to be feeling we're meant to be experiencing with our whole body we're meant to be creating from the highest level and if you ever have that sensation that you've hit a wall or like you're, you're doing more you're doing all the right things you don't know why your business isn't moving forward in the way you want it to be or you're not at your full potential this is a great place to look Because a lot of women were really cut off from this aspect of ourselves, not even realizing that in some ways, it's like we're operating with a disability. And I don't say that lightly. It truly is like we've cut a whole piece of ourselves off or out to try to be some way that we think we should be to create the things that we want. And it's really backwards. What do you think about that, Brian?
1: Well, you know, I'm a simple human being. So a lot of that went right over my head. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But (laughs) at
0: least you're honest.
1: Speak English, please. Okay. okay? But
0: uh, (laughs) I'll work on that for the next one.
1: (laughs) No, no. uh, Yeah. yeah, I, um, yeah. Apparently, I did this neurological thing on myself. And I'm one of these big stimulus guys, like a dopamine release person. It's like apparently my tolerance for stimulus is all the way off the charts, like the most rarest one in 10,000, apparently. So, And I'm learning that, you know, people have limits that certain people need stimulus, but it's in a very small doses and they shut down and it feels like you're hung over if you receive too much of it, meaning they want to go back in their office, close the door, call it a day, turn the phones off. Other people like myself, I'm on all of the time. So, yeah, I see pleasure in very little things. I mean, hearing a yes or scheduling a consult or, you know, closing a new partner or forming a new business partnership or, you know updating my website, whatever it may be, you know, I'm, I'm feeling that. So I guess it depends on the person, right? It depends on how that person's wired. And, you know, I guess it comes down sometimes to self-awareness. Now I know that you also talk about creating a life you love passionately. Some people, I mean, I got to tell you, this could be tough for some people. They're born pessimistic. They're, they're like Eeyore. Every time you walk around them they just suck the energy out of the room and you know how misery loves company would love to understand more about this philosophy from you.
0: Well, I think of it as a lifestyle. So at a general level, create a life you love passionately, passionately is like, okay, yeah, whatever, you can kind of brush it off. But what I'm talking about with this is something that is so deep and intimate. It's almost down to like every conversation, every choice you make, what if you chose to live from a place that there was nothing that was more important than you creating a life you loved passionately with the foundation, with the belief that you, in order to do that, you have to follow your inner guidance. You have to make moves from your highest self and with comes with that would be the belief that you are really being guided towards your greatness. Now, for some people that could be to be the most phenomenal stay at home mom that could be building this great business that could be anything in between. But the idea is your greatness and that when you're in your greatness, everyone around you is benefiting and elevating from that. So when I say it's a lifestyle, it it goes down to such little things of if you're having conversations with people that you don't enjoy, and you're really committed to creating a life you love passionately, either you have to have a direct conversation with the person and it's like, you know what, I don't really enjoy it when we talk about this or you might choose, this isn't actually a person I want in my life. And then of course, it goes into the much bigger thing. So where I see a lot of women stopping is with really wanting to shift their career or, or elevate their business in some way, but it feels, Like, yeah, but I've got a great thing going or that's really risky or something to stop them. And again, if you're committed to creating a life you love passionately, it's like, you know what? I'm going for this. I'm gonna do it. It matters that I feel like I'm completely on point and on purpose.
1: Nice, that's great. So before we wrap up, Sloan, I know also this quote comes from you. Your darkness is your path to wholeness. Very deep. Would love for you to explain that a little bit for all of the women that are listening. Because the men, it probably doesn't apply to us, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Obviously not. Men are only in the light. No, I'm just kidding. This is definitely for everybody. So especially if you're involved in in personal growth and self-awareness and looking at yourself. But even if you're not, there's this idea that the dark sides of you or the the parts that are you know things about you that you wish weren't part of you or part things that have happened in your past it's like if i just heal from that or if i just change that about myself or just pretend like that other thing didn't happen only then can i really be good enough and love myself and feel okay right now And what I came to realize both in my own life and then working with all of these clients is that when you really embrace all of those things about yourself that you don't like, that you judge or that other people have told you is not okay or any of that, when you really embrace it and and not even that, but learn to love it, you actually can come to this point of, of wholeness where there's nothing to hide about yourself from other people. And it's a really beautiful place to be because you can be completely you with everyone without worrying about what they think, or if they know this thing about you or having to put on masks. It's, it's a really liberating way to live. And it's hugely important in really stepping into all that you're meant to be.
1: Nice. That's great. So tell me about this retreat coming up on June 13th.
0: Oh, I'm so excited about it. It's called Beyond the Edge Retreat, and it is a very small, intimate retreat in um, San Francisco. And basically, all the women who are coming to the retreat come in the context of each of them is ready for a big up level and a big shift in her life. And so she comes for two things. The first is to see why she hasn't already made it. So imagine I consider this like my playground and I create all these various experiences for each woman, no matter what she's there for. Some it might be elevation in business, some it might be to be more playful or anything else. First, you have these experiences to show why you are where you are. And then you also have these experiences and coming into this context where you practice being the already shifted version of yourself. So everybody comes and you don't share your last name or what you do for business or anything really about you and your life. And it's kind of this open field to practice being however you want to be. So it's a really special context that is hugely uplifting and exciting and it's fun and it's dark and it's just like all of the feels and all of the experiences put into a three and a half day weekend.
1: I can only imagine you on a sales pitch to one of these women selling <laughs> this, res- <laughs> this experience. this
0: experience that you imagine.
1: I don't know. It's just, I'm wondering what would prompt somebody to, to do this. Like what's your biggest driver of a, of a you know, value proposition pitch to get them to, to do this.
0: Well, my biggest value proposition for them is what do you really want in your life? And how important is it to you to get there? Yeah,
1: and there you our conversation go.
0: Conversation is looking at how and if I can help them in this retreat or with the consulting that I do or the online retreat or whatever it is that I offer. If I can help them, then we're talking about what that looks like and whether that's the next step for them.
1: That's great. That's great. And some of the people that have attended in the past, what's some of the, uh, the long term results that they're seeing after attending? Have they gotten back in touch with you and shared some great news with you?
0: Yeah, the really interesting thing is everybody who comes to work with me, it's pretty consistent that their business revenues double or triple or more. I mean, the making money aspect of business, I can see pretty quickly and pretty easily where you could shift to have a big change in your results, but the even more beautiful things that come of this work are you know, women saying, I feel closer to my husband than I've ever felt in my life. I feel like this opportunity was always there for me and I I didn't even really realize it to the full extent and now I have. People leave partnerships and go on to develop these huge businesses, just feeling fulfilled on a whole new level in their lives And I think that's a little less tangible. That's not necessarily the the thing that people start off work with me for, but it's such a beautiful result because if you think about it, this desire to make more money or have more success or have more friends, or all these things that we really want at the core are that we want to feel a different way. want to feel fulfilled. You want to be happy, joyful, feel pleasure, And the path that I take women on is very illogical. And a lot of my logical women, minded women are like, really this? This is what we're going to do. This is what we're talking about. And I'm like, yes, if you trust me and surrender into this process, I'll show you a different way. And when they do, then their lives change. And that's a really special part of, of my work.
1: Oh, It's amazing. I'll give it to you. So Sloan, before we wrap up, just because it is episode 100, I'm going to do something I've never done is pass the mic to you. And if you have any questions, speak now or forever, hold your peace. Maybe you don't, but if you do, I'll give you the opportunity.
0: Yeah, I would love that. Thank you. I would love to know what have you learned about yourself in this process of 100 episodes in your podcast?
1: What I've learned about myself. Yeah. I've learned that, uh, yeah, to take advantage of every opportunity, uh, the power of networking, the power of connecting, the power of marketing—it's one of those things where I had an idea. You know, you're all born with instincts. You know, you can sit there and look at analytics and data all day long, and suffer paralysis by analysis, or you can go out there and make an informed decision and take a calculated risk, and then adjust as you move forward. And I'm that person. I'm a very big risk taker. And I learned that my instincts are are spot on, you know, for the most part. And people have been very supportive. And, you know, the the biggest compliment I get is when I have people that reach out, they say, man, how did you get that person? How did you do it? I've been trying forever. I can't do it. And, you know, they are seeking advice from me. I had the person, uh, I forget her name, but she was in the Desperate Housewives. And her publicist reached out and wanted her on the show. And she's one of these people that she's been on the 14 seasons of the show. And after we wrapped up our conversation, hey, can you give me some advice about how to get people on our show? Because apparently she had her own show too. And I'm thinking about, if you're asking advice from me, my goodness, she has a huge name. She's on A&E every week and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, listen, you, know, you learn a lot about yourself by taking risks. And if you step out of your comfort zone, great things happen. You know, I'm not a podcaster. I just did this for a legion for our business and it turned into something else. To be fluid. And again, like we talked about before, planning, it was one of those things where we had a loose plan and we shifted as we needed to. We were fluid enough in the startup mentality to be able to go where we needed to go along with it. So we didn't hold back and say, no, it's our way come hell or high water. We listened to the audience. We looked at the reception that we had and where things were taking us and we went that direction. So, yeah, I, guess, I know it's a mouthful, but uh, yeah, there's a quite a few things I've learned.
0: It's awesome. Okay, I have another question for you. Sure. You could have one experience in life and time and money don't matter. What would it be?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would um wrestle a match at WrestleMania. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to do that.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Is that like in front of a large crowd or what? Attracts- yeah,
1: absolutely. WrestleMania is the biggest uh, show of the year, right? It's the Super Bowl of wrestling.
0: Oh. So is this like just a fantasy you've always had or what is it, Brian?
1: Yeah. You know, I've always been, I've always loved as as a young kid, you know, I was always great at public speaking and, you know, they were like, man, Brian, you're so charismatic and whatnot and loved wrestling as a kid. You know, I always would go see these shows. I actually have wrestlers in my family and it was one of those things where I wanted to get into radio and be like an entertainer type of thing. And yeah, I just, I thought, man, it's just not worth the squeeze. I sacrificed to have family, you know, being in the entertainment business or any of those type of businesses, you have to sacrifice a home life. And to me, that was more important, you know, having a a home life and balance was more important to me than living something out for my own personal gain or my own selfishness. So I always thought, yeah, if I could do it once or just like a bucket list thing, and I've done jujitsu and I've done other things like this, you know, like to mark off your bucket list, but that would be kind of cool to have like, not even a WrestleMania match. I say that as being like the ultimate fantasy, but just like any type of, involvement in that, just to mark that off my list, you know, just to say, I I did it to step out of my comfort zone and kind of test yourself and and see how you would do. So I'm, I'm big on goals and uh, challenging myself.
0: Well, I'm not a big wrestling fan, but if you appeared in the Super Bowl of wrestling, I would definitely tune in.
1: Well, I will tell you this. I'm not a fan anymore either. Really the new stuff stinks. You know, I'm a big old school fan, but, uh, yeah. So, so then again, I would probably be very successful knowing the fact that Today, it's more about aesthetics than actual substance, kind of like movies, right? Back in the old days, you can watch a movie. didn't look that great, but the story was wonderful. The acting was awesome. Very memorable. Today, very difficult. You, know, you have a lot of great aesthetics, CGI, great looking people. But hey, we've seen the story how many times before, and it was done better back then, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What about you? What would you do if, if money and time were no issue? What would, what would your number one be?
0: Mm. I have so many, but I've always had this lifelong desire, actually, to meet with Nelson Mandela. And I, really? I, yes, yes, I, I went to Robin Island. I was in South Africa, and I went to Robin Island, and I've studied him and his life. And the thing that fascinates me about him so much that I would just love to sit down and have a conversation. Is to understand what is it within him and and who did he become along the way so that he was so focused on a vision that no matter what happened in front of him, no matter what was going on in his life and the world and all this injustice in his own life and what he was seeing in all of it, he still was maintaining this vision of how he wanted things to be and saw that they could be and held it so completely until things became that way. I just think, and there's many historical figures, but there's something about him that I just, I would love to know him and be able to chat about, who were you? How did you evolve this? What did that look like? And then I wanna understand your mind and what would happen in it, because I think it's a brilliant example for all of us of what it really looks like to live in the unknown and to live from this place of being completely in your vision no matter what's happening in your life and i just i I would love to learn from him
1: yeah no it's awesome to be unshakable like that his uh quote you're either winning or you're learning i use it all the time it's a great quote and it's really true but uh, yeah sometimes you can't explain like sometimes it's just the person right it's in the dna it's kind of like you know you can teach somebody to shoot the fundamentally and practice every day but they're never going to be michael jordan right it's the elite level people is very difficult to replicate that or train somebody how to be that very, very tough, right? Sometimes it's that that is the person, right? They were chosen. It's in their DNA, but yeah, that would be super cool to get some insight from somebody like that to you know have that type of resolve and to be able to sit in prison that long and to have that faith and to come out and still do great things into that advanced age would be amazing.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I agree with what you just said, though, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's pretty well proven that mastery takes 10,000 hours. And so what I'm thinking is, is that, yeah, there might be some level of his life circumstances put him there. There might be some level of Michael Jordan life circumstances where he was wanting to play basketball and choosing to you know, shoot the basketball hoop 200,000 or 2 million, whatever it is, times but in the end to become a certain way and to develop a real mastery and here i'm referring to his mastery of like being able to live in a vision rather than the circumstances you see in front of you i actually believe that there's some way of thinking and and conditioning that he made for himself to become the way he became that any of us could use if we chose to focus so completely on developing this as mastery.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess we'll never know, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, anybody can do anything, but can they do it at the elite level? That's, that's something different. And that's when like everything comes into play, right? Your, your brain mapping, your desire, there's certain things you can't teach. I mean, it's proven that there's certain muscles that were, n- will never develop. You can work on them forever. And it's just not who you are. You're just not going to go get anywhere with it. So, But no, I I agree. Mastery is awesome. It does take time, dedication, sacrifice the whole nine yards. I totally agree. Yeah.
0: What a great conversation, Brian.
1: Yeah, no, it's been great. It's been great. Now we have to talk about how we can get in touch with you for our new listeners as far as the retreat, how to connect to you, learn more.
0: Okay. I would love to connect. I'm Sloan on Facebook. Find me there. On Instagram is heart underscore and underscore Sloan. And I also have a group of women that I would love to invite any woman to who is focused on scaling beyond seven figures. That is creating a business that has seven figure revenue and beyond while you are experiencing fulfillment and pleasure. And the name of the group is Phoenix Collective and that's on Facebook. You do have to answer the questions to join and you also have to have a profile picture. So we're really creating a community about networking and growing together and supporting each other. And if that speaks to you, I would love to have you join.
1: Sloan, it's been awesome. Appreciate everything. Best of luck with the retreat. I know if I try to show up, they would stop me at the gates and uh, <laughs> chuck me down the hill. But you know, what?
0: <laughs> that is true. Women only. But I'll thank you.
1: you. But yeah, it's, it's been great. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Enjoy. And uh, hey, keep up the good work.
0: Thank you, you too. And congratulations on 100 episodes. Thank you. Hey, bye, Brian. Bye. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line.